Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode one of The Space Between Us. I am so excited that you are here. I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your day and out of your life to join us for this conversation today. If you are having a rough day or a rough week, or if you're like me, sometimes I have a rough year or a couple of years, to be frank with you. If you're in that place, I want you to know that this is a space where you are welcome, where you are seen, where you are cared for, where you are loved, and where your presence is deeply, deeply value, valued. I am really excited to introduce you to our conversationalist today, and her name is Shana Hobbs. Shana Hobbs is an extraordinary, multidimensional human. She is a musician who has been cocooned for a really long time, and she's about to break out in a big way. And she gave us the privilege of listening to her perform a piece live. And I cried. Um, That's how real and moving it was. And I felt privileged to be able to sit and listen to someone emote, communicate, create art and beauty and share it and connect in such a genuine and raw and courageous way. And so her performance is actually inside of the podcast episode. And I said to Shana afterwards, um, I did my best to communicate just the, the, the deep and profound honor that it was to be in the same room with her as she was sharing this piece and I wanted to do my best to share with you how sacred and special this is so please do um, listen all the way through and when you listen to this performance I hope that you connect with the sacredness of it all um, as both of us did in that moment. Shana and I met not too long ago, I knew that she existed before we met in person. She is a part of the husband and wife team um, that launched Sons of Sawdust. Um, they are two members, I think, of a three-person team. And I love Sons of Sawdust, love their woodworkmanship. I think it's gorgeous, and I really appreciated that. And then she and I met a couple of months ago. I did a community storytelling event called Rabbit Box. And through Rabbit Box, I met their storytelling coach, whose name is Pat Priest. And Pat and I are becoming friends. And we were out to dinner one night, and Pat was actually telling me about Shana when, lo and behold, she walked by. (laughs) And so we ended up exchanging contact information. And then we got together a few weeks later, a few weeks to a month or so later, and we shared a meal together. And it was one of the most genuine, refreshing conversations that I have been a part of for a very long time, especially with someone who I was just getting to know in person. Um, Talking with Shana was like talking with a beating heart with no shield that was fearlessly choosing to find its way and make its own path out into the world. And our conversation nourished me deeply. In that conversation, Shana shared with me that she is Native American 
and she began talking about what that experience was like and is like. And we started having this, I mean, our our conversation covered so much ground, but we started having this really real dialogue about race and identity and connection and finding who we are as women um, in a world that just sort of tries to box us into expectations and that has stories that are attached to our ethnicities and racial identities and so when I was thinking of people to interview I'm pretty sure I asked her right there on the spot I could not believe that she was sitting in front of me at this table and I'm pretty sure I asked her on the spot if she would be willing to consider appearing on the space between us and I have to I have to be honest with you here I've been really afraid to do this I've, I've been wanting to do this for a long time it's been in my heart in my soul in my being for a very, very, very long time, but I've actually been afraid to take this leap and to put this out into the world. And so it is deeply encouraging to me that Shana not only said yes, but that she said yes and then showed up with such an openness and such a generosity that increased my understanding about the experience of what it is like to live as a Native American in America today. And that opened my eyes to some of the mistakes that I'm making in my own thinking and in my own approach when I seek to understand the experience of being Native American. So I'm so excited to share this with you and I cannot wait to hear your thoughts. I do have to say one more thing. I would be remiss if I didn't say it. Shana um, is a musician and she does a live performance in this podcast. (laughs) Now, I cried, okay? And I'm not saying I cried in a flippant way. I'm saying I cried as in it touched my soul and she touched my soul. And I felt as if for the first time in my life, I got a window into what it really is to be. Native American, just a window. I, I can't say or claim that I've, I've grasped it or that I have any sort of deep understanding, but the privilege of just being able to look in and feel for a second the, the beauty and the connection and the generosity of spirit, it, it, is, it, it remains with me now and I cannot wait for you to hear it. It is sacred and it is delicate and I am so grateful that Shana chose to share this with us today. So I do ask that you treat this podcast and her performance with the care and the respect and the honor that um, it deserves to, to honor her courage. Okay, so welcome to episode one. Thank you for doing this today. It really is my pleasure to sit and talk with you and to listen to what you have to share. Thank you for having me. I'm super honored to be here. Okay. So tell everybody your name. My name is Shana Hobbs. And I'm going to ask three questions, I think, to get us going. So the first question is, what do you love? Hmm. 
I, I love so many things. <laughs> so we could be here all day and can list it all. Um, but I think the first things that popped into my head are more associated with like a deep love. Mm-hmm. Um, I love my husband and my kids mm-hmm. so, so much. And I think, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, but I, I love seeing beauty in brokenness. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I love that there's always hope. And those are the things that I'm drawn to. I love stories and storytelling. And I love relationship, connecting with people, talking about emotions. And, yeah. That's I mean, beautiful. Those are just a few things. Oh, my gosh. Okay, <laughs> we'll be circling back to a number of those, I strongly suspect. This is a rougher one, but what do you hate? I hate apathy. Hmm. I think that's the thing that really gets me when I look back over my life or the things that irritate me when people are apathetic about things. I just want to shake them and be like, where is your passion? Don't be apathetic. Like that. I I think, yeah, that's the thing that, that that I really hate. Yeah. Um, because it's like a refusal to live and breathe. Mm-hmm. Like we we need to have passion. We mm-hmm. need to be mm-hmm. excited about something. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're apathetic, that's basically just like laying down to die. It's like yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And um, I I think that all of us have something mm-hmm. in us that ignites us mm-hmm. and makes us excited. Mm-hmm. And um, we all have a passion. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just my frustration with people not knowing that. Mm. I, I mean, mm-hmm. and it, it's a journey. Yeah. I think we all maybe arrive at that place, different mm-hmm. points in our life. Mm-hmm. Where it takes a long time to get there. You may go back and forth, but um, apathy. Yeah. That's what I would say. Love what you said about um, about how you feel about apathy. Because there's something actually deeply compassionate in the fact that you hate apathy. It's because you really want to see people live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could make me cry. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think that's what it is. I think I've had that sensitivity since I was a little girl. Mm-hmm. And it's connected to a lot of things. Connected to my family and my roots and the things that I love. I think it's opposite of it's just the extreme opposite of, of what I see as true mm. true life mm. true vibrant life okay we're going to need to talk about that one some more mm. what brings you joy oh gosh <laughs> <laughs> oh brings me joy again I would say like my husband and my kids Mm -hmm. so much Mm -hmm. every day Mm -hmm. they're a blessing and a gift and they bring me so much joy Mm -hmm. and and right now currently and it has been for most of my life but it's been a journey back to it but music Mm -hmm. music is what brings me joy Mm -hmm. creating music writing music Mm -hmm. Um, it's such a joyful place for me So when you were talking about um, apathy, 
you mentioned some of what you've seen um, and some of your story. Would you mind sharing what you were thinking about? Sure. Um, I, I think for me, so... Um, my, my father grew up on the Indian Reservation. Um, he's part of the Stockbridge-Munsee Mohican Nation. Um, and then my mother's white European blend. So growing up as like a bicultural, biracial child, I just was confused for a while about how to identify myself. And I think about <laughs> the times when you're forced to do that is like on an SAT mm -hmm. or something like a test. You got to fill out that little box. And I was always like, what do I do? Because I, I am Native American, mm -hmm. but I guess I'm white too. Mm -hmm. Like, who am I? Mm -hmm. And um, when I was really little, back in the 80s, you know, we'd go out to eat and have meals and people were super racist towards my father. Mm. And it was embarrassing but it was hurtful and I remember that that feeling that mm -hmm. I had just a few minutes ago that's that's that feeling I'm talking about like I, there was something in me that was so disturbed mm -hmm. by that like mm -hmm. that these people could ridicule my father mm -hmm. by calling him chief or saying how or mm -hmm. doing the blah, 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 you know the fake war chant like it it bothered me so much mm -hmm. and um I don't know. I just I had this desire for people to know the truth mm -hmm. and and know about my father and our culture mm -hmm. and um and then over time, you know, in high school, same kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. my friends would always ask, "Did your dad grow up in a teepee?" Um, just ignorant comments, which is not fully their fault. Mm -hmm. um, I just think the education system doesn't mm -hmm. do a very good job of sharing about our culture mm -hmm. and our people mm -hmm. and showing that we're still alive. Mm -hmm. We're not extinct. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I, I just had such a passion about it, but I didn't mm -hmm. know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. um, and then becoming an adult, the same kind of mm -hmm. thing that, you know, times have changed, mm -hmm. um, I guess, with some of the, like, the New Age movement mm -hmm. or other mm -hmm. um hip cool stuff it's mm -hmm. become like a, a cooler thing mm -hmm. to, to be Native American people are curious but I still think they're ignorant about mm -hmm. a lot they don't understand mm -hmm. and so um, when people dismiss it as mm -hmm. no big deal mm -hmm. or if I have discussions with friends or strangers about mascots mm -hmm. and these other things they just they brush it aside and I get this fire in me like mm -hmm. you don't understand like mm -hmm. This is my family. These mm. are my people. This is my blood. Mm. And it's offensive. Mm. And people are like, oh, it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, you know, this team has had this mascot for so many years. Mm -hmm. It's how it's how the whole world knows them. Like, mm -hmm. let's just keep it. And that's the kind of thing that just rubs me the wrong mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. Or generalizations made about our people that um, we just get a check from the government mm. <laughs> to just live off of and I'm like don't even get me started like do you know where this mm. <laughs> this all came from mm -hmm. like do you know the origination of this um I, I don't know I, I just think that's kind of what what it's rooted in people mm -hmm. that are apathetic that want to brush things under the rug mm -hmm. and not deal with it mm -hmm. they don't want to look at it and mm -hmm. that 
irks me so much. So yes. let's talk about <laughs> apathy. <laughs> I'm not going to stop now. So <laughs> let's talk about this because I this is I have never heard anyone define racism like this, and I cannot believe that I've never. It makes so much sense the way that you describe it as racism being an expression of apathy and expression of dismissal and disregard and a lack like the absence of curiosity the absence of being willing to take a closer look I've never heard it described that way and it feels so palpably and accessibly human when you put it in those terms yeah well, you described it beautifully right there. I mean, I was just speaking from <laughs> what my feelings were. Yeah. Um, but there, yeah, there is historical trauma mm-hmm. there for my mm-hmm. people, for your people, mm-hmm. for a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of races and cultures. Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to ignore it mm-hmm. and just put a Band-Aid on mm-hmm. it and move past it. Mm-hmm. But but you, you can't, and that's not how you heal. No. You can't heal that way. Why do you think people have that reaction? Why do you think... People want. <laughs> Why do you think? Let's do it. Right? Yeah. Why do you think um, people want to just sort of glaze over it and blow by? Because that's convenient and mm. easy to yeah. do. Let's yeah. I mean, we don't have to talk. I mean, that's in the past. Yes. Just, and I'm not one to say I do not believe in dwelling yes. on the past or staying stuck there yeah. or being a victim. Yes believe in learning Mm -hmm. from the past Mm -hmm. because it can direct your future Mm -hmm. it can be a key to your future Mm -hmm. it's powerful for me you know I was really sad as a child to not grow up on the reservation I missed out on a lot of that Mm -hmm. being like an urban native Mm -hmm. I did not get that full experience so that Mm -hmm. makes me sad but my father did pass down a lot to us and we would go to powwows when we were little and Mm -hmm. we danced and we learned to sing in our native language, and um, we were around the culture. You know, at my wedding, my father did a blessing with a sage, a native blessing at our wedding, so it was mm. part of my wedding. Mm. And um, I, I lost a brother three years ago, um, my brother Garrett Miller, um, in a very tragic way, and it was super hard. But at his memorial service, my mm-hmm. father also did... Mm-hmm. A beautiful blessing there, mm-hmm. and we had native dancers mm-hmm. come in from all across the country to honor my brother. Oh. And through that, I deeply reconnected with all of my family up on the reservation, mm-hmm. who I had not really seen for years. Mm-hmm. It was through the death of my brother, mm-hmm. because I felt there was healing there. I was like, it's time for me mm-hmm. to drive back from Athens, Georgia, all the way up to Shano, Wisconsin. Wow. Take a road trip with my husband and kids, yeah. and I want them to see the reservation. I yeah. want them to see where I'm from, yeah. and I want to reconnect with the land, yeah. with, with the people. So we did that a few years back, and it was beautiful, Yes, a beautiful journey. And it was actually a big tribal reunion, mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. um, Molly Miller, who is a clan mother in our mm-hmm. tribe, helped organize mm-hmm. that. She's bringing back the language mm-hmm. and... Um, it was really beautiful to be there, and I felt my brother's presence. Mm-hmm. And just to see these cousins and mm-hmm. aunts and uncles, so many of them, mm-hmm. that all live there. And just 
to hug them and, mm-hmm. and to see myself and them, mm-hmm. my kids and their mm-hmm. kids connecting. And it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It really was. It sounds beautiful. It's my, I'm smiling as I'm listening <gasps> to you describe it. It sounds hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. It was. So that is an example right there of like the pain turning yeah. into something beautiful. I yeah. know that that brings my brother joy to see us reconnect. Yes. With our culture and um and so I, I carry that with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was truly a, an incredible experience. And now I'm really close with them and stay mm-hmm. in touch with them. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. Do you think we're depriving ourselves of joy as a culture because we're not willing to go through that journey? We're not willing to go through the journey of taking a closer look at who we are as human beings and the backgrounds and experiences that we Mm -hmm. all bring, do you think we're depriving ourselves of something because we won't take that journey as a culture? Yes, absolutely. Um, That's a great way to describe it. We're depriving ourselves. So it's like it's there Mm -hmm. waiting for us. Mm -hmm. It's ready for us. Mm -hmm. But are we going to take... The mm-hmm. chance and mm-hmm. that big step, which can be scary mm-hmm. and difficult, mm-hmm. uh, but it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we're missing out on a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's beauty in that journey. There are lessons to be learned. Mm-hmm. There's strength to be gained mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. um, that you can't get any other way. That's true. I think, it, yeah, I think that's a powerful, powerful journey, and it and it would be super healing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What would you say to someone who wanted to take that journey and wanted to learn more about what it meant or means to be a Native American? Where would you tell someone to start? Mm. I think what would be maybe most important right now would be to point them to some some of the people that I really look up to and admire um, that are really movers and shakers mm-hmm. in the current Native American mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. right now um, mm-hmm. that are making waves. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's a new author on the scene. His mm-hmm. name is Tommy Orange. He wrote a book called There, There. Mm-hmm. It's a novel, mm-hmm. and it's already being critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. And he writes kind of about some of the things I was talking about. He mm-hmm. um, did not grow up on the reservation. Mm-hmm. His father's from there and his mother's white, mm-hmm. very similar mm-hmm. to my story. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up in California mm-hmm. um, and didn't feel connected to any stories that he would read about mm-hmm. Native Americans because they were very reser- reservation-based. Mm-hmm. And he felt he said he felt less Native when he'd read them. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not Native. So he wrote mm-hmm. a book for, for those Natives. Mm-hmm. And um, I just bought it. I've just started reading mm-hmm. it. But I'm super excited to finish it. Mm-hmm. But I, I've read a lot of articles mm-hmm. and interviews with him. Mm-hmm. And I love what he's doing. I'm mm-hmm. super proud of him. Mm-hmm. So he's moving there. Another mm-hmm. person is Bethany Yellowtail. Mm-hmm. She's a fashion designer. Ooh. And she has been featured in a lot of different things mm-hmm. and videos and stuff. And she, I think that's what I would tell people is, like, quit. Don't go to the history books. Mm-hmm. Don't research about yeah. the old ways. Look yes. in the current space what's yeah. happening now yeah. I want people to see that yeah. we are alive and well we're all around you yeah. you didn't even realize it mm-hmm. and our people are some of the most creative mm-hmm. um, artistic mm-hmm. um, 
beautiful storytellers. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably refer him to some of my dad's mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, I look up to mm-hmm. him so much. Mm-hmm. What's your dad's name? Bill Miller. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, taught himself how to play guitar mm-hmm. and got off the reservation and was able to get a record deal in Nashville. Wow. And has won three Grammys. Oh, my gosh. And that's huge for yeah. our culture. Um, looking at people like that, yeah. I mean, I've got a handful of others, yeah. but that's what I would say. Okay. Say, look to see what's going on yes. now. Yes. Instead of back at the history books. So stop holding on to the pictures and the narrative yeah. that we've been told about yeah. who Native American people are and actually begin connecting to the real world stories yes. of actual Native American people. Because then you will learn history the right way through them, yeah. through their eyes. Is all of Native American history basically wrong? Like basically what you've read, <laughs> like I'm serious, like <laughs> like in the, like in, in school and like what we see on the news or wherever, like is it all basically wrong? I don't know if I could say it's all wrong. Yeah. Um, I, I just think the perspective is off, and yeah. they're, they're cutting out a lot of things. They're cutting out a lot about the, the pain and the suffering, and you know we we don't, we don't particularly like Christopher Columbus, and yet mm. that's a day that's celebrated. And mm. A lot of our people have turned it into Indigenous Peoples mm-hmm. Day instead, because mm-hmm. we do not like that man mm-hmm. <laughs> and what he did. So that's one thing there. You know, mm-hmm. kids celebrate that in schools, yes. and you talk about him as as a yeah. great man, and he was not. Mm. He was not. I'm sorry, I feel a great deal of pain. So, um, so Thanksgiving, I'm presuming, is a day that we're talking about. And you're saying to me, I can't believe I missed this. You're saying to me that what we regard as one of the two biggest holidays of the year, I mean, because it's Thanksgiving and Christmas, basically, right? So one of the two basic, the biggest holidays of the year is like a literal affront, on so many levels. I remember being in elementary school and having that Thanksgiving dinner and mm-hmm. peop- some people being dressed up as Native Americans and some people being dressed up as pilgrims. Mm-hmm. And as a child, I had I had no idea the level of offensiveness embedded in what seemed to be just normal and neutral because that's that's what was happening around me. Mm-hmm. But it clearly would not be if I was a Native American person. Yeah, yeah, and still that that bothers me, you know, when you see kids cutting out from a grocery paper bag a little Indian vest and you make it with fringe and you put paint on your face. And, I mean, that's not culturally appropriate. But um, I did appreciate it. Growing up as a kid, it's kind of a mixed feelings thing, so people would always call my dad to come speak at the schools. Um, which is funny. It's like, oh, Thanksgiving is the time to talk about oh, dear. race. But I did appreciate that they wanted something culturally appropriate. Right. And um, back in my early 20s, I was a special ed teacher. Mm-hmm. And I asked my father to come to mm-hmm. Crockett Elementary School mm-hmm. to do a presentation. And I did that with him. And together mm-hmm. we sang some songs. And we brought... Um, you know, a coyote skin and some beadwork and just beautiful pieces of our culture to share with the kids because they are curious. I think people yes. do want to know yes. the truth. Yes. This is not being given to them. How courageous of you to take an extremely painful day and say, you know what, let's share some of who we really are mm-hmm. in the midst of that. How are you doing that? How are you in the face of, I, I see um, appropriated images everywhere. 
And it's one of those things where, specifically for Native Americans, it's one of those things where once you know, you start to see it all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, even um, for, I have two tiny humans, even for, like, um, bedding and nurseries, Mm -hmm. the arrows, Mm -hmm. I didn't know until recent years. It didn't click, didn't occur to me, and now I specifically look for that, and if I see that, then I don't buy it because I realize, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, this isn't appropriate. I don't even know what this means, but it's being used for financial. I mean, is that the way to think? Yes, yes. And again, Bethany Yellowtail, the designer I was talking about, um, she talks about this a lot, but it it is robbing our people of a chance to have their livelihood. It's like instead of buying that cheap version at Target or Walmart Mm -hmm. or whatever, buy from our people Mm because they're making things like that. Mm -hmm. And she actually, Bethany Yellowtail, did a collaboration with Crate and Barrel, which is so cool. And she designed some children's bedding for Land of Nod. So if people want to purchase from there, purchase from there because you're supporting a Native designer. I love that. Yeah. So that kind of thing, that's what I'm excited about. I think we're in a place in our our culture where um, we're moving forward. Yes. I believe that there is hope. Yes. And people like her and Tommy Orange and the writing world. And hopefully with me and my dad, you know, I I hope we do that for music, that we keep pushing forward. Uh, The larger the audience we can have, the better, because we're going to bring out more truth. Yes. And and we're going to help pave the way for all the other Native artists to come out and to know that they can do it too. Sometimes when you see someone else follow their dream, it gives you permission Mm -hmm. to do yours too. Mm -hmm. Because we all Mm -hmm. have that. We all have a dream inside of us. Yes. I want to talk about that. I want to understand more of how the way... So from from my perspective in this body, when I think about Native Americans, it feels as if Native Americans are beyond invisible. Mm -hmm. Like it's a different level of invisibility. And I wonder what... How does that affect people who are growing up in Native American culture and trying to figure out who they are as individuals to look around and not be able to see almost any representation or any thought of including a Native American when there's like a new sitcom or whatever it might be. I want to explore more about how that affects people. But I want to know before then, could you name some of the most appropriated images or sounds or anything like so what are some of the things that people are seeing all around them and have no idea is connected to Native American culture and you think they need to know you mean the things that are really like offensive Mm -hmm. to us Mm -hmm. um I mean mascots is the biggest thing Washington Redskins like even that word is tough for us to say that's a it's a racist word sometimes it's blocked out like but nobody sees that Atlanta Braves Mm. I mean, there's plenty. Mm-hmm. High schools have those mm-hmm. as mascots. Mm-hmm. And I think that people, just because they're so used to it, mm-hmm. because it's always been, mm-hmm. I've had those conversations mm-hmm. with folks, and they get real riled up, and they get upset at me mm-hmm. um, when I'm trying to say, you don't see that for Asians. Mm-hmm. You don't see mm-hmm. rice pickers. You know, mm-hmm. that, would, that would be super mm-hmm. offensive for African Americans. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I think over time we did away with a lot mm-hmm. of that. But mm-hmm. why is the Native American one still mm. there? Well, typically, we are um, characterized as having a, a big nose, mm-hmm. um, the bright red skin. Mm-hmm. None of that is truth. Mm-hmm. We are, yeah, the red man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we do have a, a beautiful tone to mm-hmm. our skin, but mm-hmm. it's 
it's not that that's offensive mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that just <laughs> helps cycle the whole idea that we're in the past mm-hmm. it's like it's funny I believe that our like you said our race is one of the most invisible mm-hmm. races that people forget about mm-hmm. and we're almost mythical yes like, literally like unicorns yeah. so that's the funny side mm-hmm. too is that when people especially when they see my father because mm-hmm. he's got very long black mm-hmm. hair and he wears tons of beadwork and jewelry mm-hmm. it's just very noticeable mm-hmm. for a typical mm-hmm. person outside of that culture to be mm-hmm. like oh what tribe are you man that's awesome mm-hmm. man I got a little Cherokee in me and then there's that sort of thing everybody's got Cherokee and everybody wants to relate mm-hmm. but it's like do you know or like mm-hmm. are you connected to the culture though mm-hmm. like please don't just pull that out and say like mm-hmm. that's something mm-hmm. you're proud of because are you connected to it mm-hmm. like I don't know it, it's people are fascinated by it they're, yeah. cu- they're curious they're but I don't they don't understand. <laughs> yeah. There's so much to it. And um, What is it that you think people, if there was one thing you could get people to understand, what would be that one thing? Hmm. Hmm. That that our, our culture is... Well, it's going to make me cry. I think when I, th- when I think about our culture, what, I, what I'm seeing in my head is is my family up on the reservation and uh, the way they accept each other and just live together like it it breaks through this the stereotypes whatever people have as stereotypes I think the thing is we're, we're just we're family and um, Native Americans have a great sense of humor. They're hilarious. My dad's hilarious. All our family, like, we love to laugh. We love to laugh. Hilarious. And there's some great Native American comedians out there, like, hilarious. I think that's one thing people don't know. They're hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we we love food. We love Mm -hmm. to cook. Mm -hmm. We love to just be together. Mm -hmm. Um, There doesn't have to be an agenda. It's just Mm -hmm. hanging out in large Mm -hmm. gatherings with family. Mm -hmm. Um... Like I said before, just the art. Mm-hmm. All of my family were all artists. Mm. All my cousins, everybody can paint and draw like nothing. Like my dad is an incredible painter as well and has his stuff displayed in galleries out in New Mexico. Wow. Beautiful paintings, but like our whole family, everybody paints mm-hmm. or they do beadwork mm-hmm. or um, or they, they dance. Mm-hmm. We dance. Mm-hmm. We're dancers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the arts, but we're excellent athletes too some great athletes there definitely some movements happening there Mm -hmm. kind of um with some native athletes getting Mm -hmm. sponsored by nike which is really cool and exciting so that's something people don't know Mm -hmm. and don't realize Mm -hmm. and of course yes we're super we're very spiritual Mm -hmm. we sense that spirit realm that's Mm -hmm. not a fake thing Mm -hmm. or a conjured up thing Mm -hmm. that's a gift Mm -hmm. that we have Mm -hmm. and i see that in all my family Mm -hmm. i see that Mm -hmm. in my dad and myself mm-hmm. and I connect with my aunt mm-hmm. in that way mm-hmm. we are connected to nature mm-hmm. we see signs and symbols in mm-hmm. nature very mm-hmm. deeply mm-hmm. with the animals there is this beautiful reverence mm-hmm. for the earth and mm-hmm. for the creatures mm-hmm. of the earth mm-hmm. um, could you tell me what nature means to you? <sighs> nature is home nature is peace it's beauty mm-hmm. It's truth. It's yeah. comfort. I'm, I'm very into that. I mean, that's where I have to go to find 
peace mm-hmm. and just sit in stillness. Mm-hmm. And that's something in our culture, too. It's very revered to mm-hmm. be silent, too. And some people don't understand that. I think in the movies they would mock it mm-hmm. and say the stoic Indian. Mm-hmm. But honestly, that's because the wise ones were mm-hmm. the quietest ones mm-hmm. because they listened. I can't tell you how much I respect the fact that you're having this conversation with me because even um, I, I was sort of listening to some of the ways I was asking questions of you and I realized I think I might have been asking you to speak on behalf of all Native Americans. Mm. <laughs> and you are Native American, but you are a human. You are a person. And sometimes, like being in this body... Sometimes the way I describe it to people is that it's as if um, my race comes before my humanity. Mm. So when I enter into a room, it's like I'm black, and that's like all that I am. And then it depends on the person on the other end whether or not they actually want to pierce through to see the fact that I am a human being who is black, and I don't know if we'll ever get to that place. Mm. Do you experience that? Like when people find out that you're Native American... Are you expected to be the spokesperson on behalf of all Native Americans? Like, what is that like? (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Yes. Gosh. And this is, there's so much I could talk about here. But um, it's a blend of stuff. Some people know it because they know who my dad is. So, yeah, they'll ask a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. And some people don't. I've had had people that are, like, friends that just didn't know that Mm -hmm. laughed in my face when I was talking about minorities and my culture. They go, they're like, you're white. I'm like... Actually, <laughs> oh actually, I'm, I'm not fully white. Mm. I mean, I know, yeah, we, we tend to judge by what mm-hmm. we can see, mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't faced, you know, maybe the discrimination that my father mm-hmm. went through because mm-hmm. my skin is lighter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't mean that I don't feel mm-hmm. that passion inside me because mm-hmm. that is part of my heritage. Yes. Yes. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I do feel that a lot once people know. They mm-hmm. do want me to speak mm-hmm. on behalf of all Native Americans mm-hmm. and lump it all together. We cannot. There's so many tribes, so many beautiful tribes, and we all have our different mm-hmm. ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. And our tribe is like a woodland tribe, mm-hmm. so we're different than the mm-hmm. Western tribes mm-hmm. and the Pacific tribes. Mm-hmm. We all have different things. But there, mm-hmm. I think there is definitely a thing that unites us, mm-hmm. and I think because we are so few now too Mm -hmm. it's like we have to all come together that we all support Mm -hmm. each other Mm -hmm. you know we're proud Mm -hmm. to connect Mm -hmm. and it's interesting when I moved to Athens I was like how will I find Native American friends (laughs) because it's hard and I I had to research Mm -hmm. and again that's the thing you're saying about Mm -hmm. being invisible Mm -hmm. even me as Mm -hmm. a Native had to search Mm -hmm. to find Mm -hmm. a friend Mm -hmm. And then I did. I found mm-hmm. an awesome mm-hmm. woman who grew mm-hmm. up in South Dakota mm-hmm. with the Lakota tribes. Um, mm-hmm. She's Seneca, though. Mm-hmm. But um, that was beautiful and mm-hmm. freeing. When we first met, mm-hmm. like, yes. Mm-hmm. And then to go together with our husbands to a show in Atlanta to mm-hmm. see a tribe called Red. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. Yeah. Group from Canada, okay. Native guys yeah. that um, blend hip-hop 
with tribal loops and what? they have us so they have native traditional dancers wow. that come up they dance in their regalia but then they also they go change again and they come back in hip hop oh my clothing, gosh and they dance to hip hop and it is just beautiful so to have a friend like that who was a fan like I was like oh. yes let's go see a tribe called Red in Atlanta thank you you get me like I don't have to explain no. anything about I'm just am who I am mm-hmm. with her mm-hmm. and, and we get it there's something that feels like home when I'm with her yes. reminds me of yes. my family yes I love what you just said I am who I am and mm-hmm. I don't have to explain myself isn't that what we all crave yeah we just want to be able to be yeah okay this is amazing so we gotta circle back though um I wanna understand more about Um, what you can share with me for people who are growing up today, Native American. um, What can you share with me about um, that experience, about um, inclusion and representation and um, knowing that you are valuable as a human being even if our culture doesn't seem to value what you're bringing to the table. Can you talk with me about that? Any? Um, that's hard because there's so many deep wounds there. You know, like the suicide rate is really high among Native Americans. The depression, alcoholism, rape. I mean, there's so much heavy, heavy stuff that we face as a culture. Um, so it's hard. I, I think we'd go back to kind of pointing them to people that are following their dreams and, and encourage them in that and say, find what that is inside of you. What do you love? Um, and chase after it. And, and know that... Um, there will be people that will support you and love you and there will be people that that won't that Mm -hmm. won't get you and it will be hard Mm -hmm. but it will be worth it Mm -hmm. and the world needs to hear from you Mm -hmm. Uh, they need to hear your voice Mm -hmm. and we need to we need to rise up Mm -hmm. together Mm -hmm. and we need to connect and I think Mm -hmm. yeah connect with other people other natives Mm -hmm. that are doing things that you want to do or that Mm -hmm. inspire you reach Mm -hmm. out to them Mm -hmm. we are in a day and age where you can do that Mm -hmm. through social media Mm -hmm. So that's where, I mean, that's where I follow a lot of those mm-hmm. folks I mentioned mm-hmm. that I really admire. You can send them private messages mm-hmm. or collaborate with them mm-hmm. or for young mm-hmm. people just to keep an eye on that and just mm-hmm. let those pictures be their inspiration. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, you know, if Bethany Yellowtail is doing this, I want to be a fashion mm-hmm. designer someday. I can do it because mm-hmm. she's doing mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. What would you say to a listener who um, really just didn't know? really just didn't know, didn't realize um, the pain that is here in this conversation and is listening to this podcast and is going, oh my dear God, what can I do? What would you say in response to that? Yeah, it's hard because I know, like I said, it's hard to find other Native Americans, so you can't just like hunt them down and be like, "Hey, are you Native? Are you Native?" Like, we're not just at a restaurant. Um, although I have, I have done that. Whatever it takes. <laughs> it was, we were mutual friends of my friend. I was like, "Hey, 
and they knew my friend Corey. Um, but I, how would they do that? Fi- find something like the the names that I have mentioned mm-hmm. to support. I'll link them in the bio below the podcast. Yeah, yeah. start supporting Native artists and musicians and creators. Um, start reading their stories. Um, start buying from them, connecting mm-hmm. with them, following mm-hmm. them on social media, learning mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think it will do a whole lot of good for somebody who has learned from this to come up and say, oh, I'm so sorry for what we did, what, you know, the white man did to your people. It's, it happened. Um, but let's start moving forward together. Just be aware. Be aware that we're around you. Be aware that you can, yeah, you can come to our powwows and experience it. Be a part of it. Come and join in. We always have been accepting of that, you know. Um, learn about the culture, respect it, mm-hmm. and and learn that it is still very real, mm-hmm. very much alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Shana. Yeah. Where can people find you? Oh, <laughs> you can find me in my home working <laughs> on my music right now. <laughs> online. <laughs> no one's going to Shana's house. No, so, where can people that. find you online? <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I am in the works of some new projects, so mm-hmm. I can't fully release all of that just yet. It will be coming mm-hmm. up soon, so keep an eye out. Mm-hmm. I will be recording very mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I mean, I'm not really on social media mm-hmm. tongue right now because mm-hmm. I am taking this mm-hmm. time to to write yeah. and to heal and to yeah. learn. So it's been a very sacred cocoon time yes. for me. Then we will protect the cocoon. Yeah. I'm all about protecting that cocoon. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. And when you are ready, let me know, and I'll post it and okay. send people your way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. So this song is a song that I grew up listening to. My father opened just about every show with a song called Praises. And the language is um, the Menominee language, which is also I have Menominee blood in me. Um, and the words are Anishinaabe, which means the people. Manitahem, we feel good in our hearts. Wawanan, we thank you. Manikakosatawa, we have everything we need. Mamakoneno, our Father up above. And that's just repeated throughout the song. And there's some other verses in English, but I'm just gonna cover this song called Praises. Oh, 
Yeah. 